TikTok, it's just become so aggressively apparent that finding the elements that really work in a TikTok and then finding that winning style is where like the bread and butter of TikTok creative and really unlocking performances. We'll just see no performance or very little performance during a testing period and we just throw as many styles as we can trying to nail down which elements of that creative is working. And then we found that once we have unlocked that, it can be in the span of a week that we go from spending $400 a day just trying to see where we can go up to four plus K a day just within like a very short amount of time. Hey retailers, ever feel like your shopper experience feels just like everyone else's? That's probably because it does and it shouldn't. Bluecore matches online shoppers with the products they'll buy next across channels like email, on-site, paid media, social, and SMS. With Bluecore's retail data and predictive intelligence, brands automate personalized content, offers, and recommendations for each individual shopper, enabling brands like Noble to increase conversions by 15% and drive a 46% increase in repeat buyers. Visit bluecore.com to discover why brands like Noble, Express, and Bliss chose Bluecore to automate and scale their multi-channel personalization. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. I'm Eric Dick. It is Wednesday, and today I am here with Angela and Spencer from our UGC team and our TikTok team, respectively. Spencer, I wanted to start with you a little bit. Like, I know uh, the TikTok team is growing, the TikTok uh, client base is growing. People are kind of flooding into TikTok. What are the main reasons that you're seeing more and more advertisers adopt TikTok ads? Uh, unfortunately, the word's getting out. The word's getting out that TikTok's working. More and more people are seeing that other brands are finding uh, their footing, that there's more case studies that are coming out. And it's just piquing people's interest. And it's kind of something that has just been pushed down brands' throats, just pushed their direction for the past year, two years that TikTok has been blowing up. And it's just becoming more and more viable and people are seeing that. Yeah, uh, you know, it's something where obviously I talk about this all the time, but we're, we're seeing it on the uh, on the D2C side in terms of user generation. So many of the brands that I talk to on the podcast are coming in talking about seeing good returns from it. Um, I just was reading a, a piece about CPG, a, a report that Nielsen did on how CPG brands specifically are seeing great lift from it, both um, direct consumer sales as well as trailing retail sales from the awareness that's generated from the platform. Uh, it's kind of a perfect storm. And then the other reason we were mentioning too is just the cost. Like what, from from your account views, what sort of cost difference are you seeing in terms of the CPMs on uh, TikTok versus Facebook ads? It's amazing that Pilothouse just does manage some Facebook and some TikTok on multiple accounts. We get to just directly compare the two. And pretty consistently, we're seeing that our CPMs and our costs even more so be you know, half to a third of what it is on Facebook, uh, just less competition and more people scrolling, more more ad placements that people are seeing. So you said that we both were you're seeing lower CPMs as well as like, are you seeing lower um, cost of goods sold? Like, are you seeing actually lower conversion cost or is it about the same conversion cost when it nets out? We're definitely needing to look a lot on uh, the tracking that's available to us. And there's just unfortunately so much lost data that we need to start looking layers and layers uh, deeper. Just with iOS 14 uh, coming out on platform, doesn't beat out uh, what we see on platform on like Facebook or something like that. But then it's when we start using our, our data partners and we can track all the offline, all the offline conversions, or I should say out of session, off session conversions, that we really start to see uh, 
the success that that TikTok has seen. And when we're when we're rocking, and TikTok really has its its ups and downs, and when we're rocking, we absolutely beat the CPA of what's going on on Facebook. It makes sense that you're going to get more impressions. It's going to be cheaper because it's a newer platform, less adoption, less saturated. And then it really comes down to the creative, right? Like, you know, if you have that many more impressions to make a sale, uh, it really comes down to making, you know, amazing TikTok creative uh, in order to drive the clicks that drive the sales that, that get you those lower costs per good sold. So Angela, in your sort of experience in, in the UGC team, what, what has been sort of your main contribution to these TikTok campaigns? What's worked best? I think like the most important thing about working with TikTok creators is that brands need to really have trust in the creators they've selected to know that these creatives know what's happening on the platform. They're keeping up to date with the trends and they, if they're good, they know how to make the content authentic and relevant to like these conversations that are happening with creators on TikTok. I think like being, you know, having the hook in the first three seconds using content that's on trend, like using stitches of other content that's trending and just sort of trying to like pick up on these waves is really important. And brands sort of need to understand that this is different content. It's different content creators than they might have worked with on Facebook and Instagram. These are just sort of like snippets in time of people talking about your brand. It doesn't have to be like your super brand controlled content that you would like put on your website. I think that's an interesting point. And I'd be interested to know like how, I guess when you're running ads, not all the ads you run are going to end up being on your profile. Is that correct, Spencer? Yeah. And by profile, you mean the organic. The organic brands profile. Do you generally run from brands organic profiles or do you run from ad accounts that are not linked to the brand account? Whenever I, I speak with new brands coming in, they ask pretty much that exact question um, because it is like typically kind of what we've seen on, on Facebook and Instagram. It's always linking out, maybe not necessarily whitelisting, but at least linked to uh, the organic page. And on TikTok, that's just not the case. So you uh, can do it, right? You, you like you can set up your organic page to, to put your ads out, but then would the ads show up on your organic TikTok page as well? If you built them out within ads, no, they don't They don't get posted to your organic, but you can go vice versa, posting it to your organic and then using it as Spark ads. Okay, cool. Well, on the line of creative there, Spencer, what do you mean by finding a winning style? And, and once you find a winning style, how closely do you need to stay to it? I mean, it's, it's the same across uh, Facebook and, and Instagram uh, as we know. And on TikTok, it's just become so aggressively apparent that finding the elements that really work uh, in a TikTok and then finding that winning style is where like the bread and butter of, of TikTok creative and really unlocking performances where we'll just see no performance or very little performance during a testing period. And we just throw as many styles as we can trying to, trying to nail down which elements of that creative is working. And then we found that once we have unlocked that, it can be in the span of a week that we go from spending $400 a day, just trying to see where we can go up to four plus K a day, uh, just within like a very short amount of time. And it's been, and that's, what's been so useful about working with a team like Angela's on with Pilot's UGC team is that when we find that, that creative, it's then like, okay, we're ready to rock. How can we make the most of this kind of content consistently with, with high quality or, or at least just try to get a, a certain amount of quantity back so that we can keep this train going. 
when you say winning style, are you talking like how templated can you get it? Because obviously when you reach out to these influencers, you want to be able to give them, you know, we have to balance what Angela was saying versus, you know, letting the creators create versus, you know, having them use this winning style. Uh, so I'm, I'm, how do you balance that essentially, I guess, is the question. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can always continue to, to test, but you can see the same tendency on organic. So I can, I could ask you, Eric, that from your own scrolling, and, and usage of TikTok, do you start to just recognize that there's people where uh, they just have their thing? They have their thing where 100%. every time they, they go on, a, a perfect example is, um, I think it's Cabby. Uh, he goes by, he's like the second largest creator on on TikTok. And all he does is show shows a video and he's just there like, just being like, this is silly. And he's become the second largest creator. And he it's it's a lot like that on ads where the people start to like recognize your brand for like that specific thing. And also there's a specific thing that resonates with people. And he found that like, that's the thing um, on ads. We could see that it's, it's like delaying where you don't show the product in the first 75%. And then the last 25%, you make it feel like an organic reveal of, of this thing and trying to find audios that match that, that match that structure. And that's an example of, a structure where, you know, there's still a lot of creativity that you can put into it, but finding an element like that and going, okay, how can we make the first 75% just trying to reel people in and getting them invested because they have to wait to the end to see, and then dropping the bomb to to show the product and the sales point, the CTA uh, towards the end and make it feel organic. I like that analogy just to regular creators. I've, I follow a lot of creators where it's like, and then as soon as they try to make a video, that's like another style. They're like, do the thing, do the other thing that we want you to do. And I guess you got to make sure you don't get pigeonholed, but if you can, you're going to have multiple things, I guess, because of that, you know, the level of iteration that's required to keep this up, you're going to, you'll find new things. Uh, things will burn out and you'll find new things. Like, I think that's something I always like to check in on. Um, this is something we're seeing on the, on the paid side is just like the burnout rate on TikTok appears to be higher than it is on Facebook. Would you agree with that, Angela? Yeah, I think it's sort of like riding these waves of trends. There's definitely, you definitely need to like keep iterating because the whole thing that's happening on TikTok is people are constantly like copying each other. It's just, there's so many people like jumping on the trend. So you constantly have to be like working with content creators that can hopefully come up with like the next big thing. The goal is obviously that the content creators you work with come up with the next big trend. But I think that's like what I mentioned about like using stitches, like sort of, you know, uh, creating this like two-way conversation with like two different content creators is cool. There's definitely like aspects of videos you need to have that will make it a better chance of success. But on the overall like trends styles, I think it's just like about catching these waves. Do TikTok made me buy it ads still work? Because it's the ad that I probably see most common and it's the most easily recognizable as an ad as a TikTok user. Do those ads still work? Do we still test them? Still working on my end. I, I've just, I just recorded one myself just trying to get a, a nice and scrappy right before this call. So uh, maybe I'll run that ad and I'll let you know how, how that one, like if it's still working. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. TikTok made me buy it. And I think that idea of the delayed reveal is smart just because people are always on the lookout for whether uh, everything is an ad or not. And so if you can hook them in with the narrative and with the story and with the sound ahead of the product reveal, then they're going to be more invested when it comes time to uh, drop the old hammer. And that's another part that I think is like important to work with experienced content creators and like these super creative people. Like I see content where 
you know, one creator is basically like playing two different roles in almost like this play that they're doing. And like, you want to watch, like you're on TikTok to be entertained and to be able to work with people that are like making this super engaging content. And you don't even like, you don't even know it's an ad till 75% through. That's like pretty engaging, interesting stuff. Between the 51% decrease in foot traffic, surges in e-commerce and new customer behaviors, Big changes are coming to retail in 2022, and staying ahead of the curve can help make the new year a successful one. Lexer is a CDP that helps marketers know their customers, inspiring them to create experiences that grow sales. In Lexer's guide, How to Prepare for Retail's Future, you'll gain insight into rising e-commerce trends, shifting customer behaviors, and new segmentation strategies to better understand your customer needs and drive profits in 2022. Visit lexer.io slash podcast for the free guide. I actually just jumped off a podcast with uh, Euphoria, and Euphoria is the first TikTok digitally native brand that I've met where their only top of funnel is actually organic TikTok. And the founder and CEO, she is also the lead content creator, and she just she creates these makeup tutorials that just drive sales kind of year-round organically. The weird thing that she mentioned was that when she actually, and I think it's early days, and I'll try to get her to chat with you, Spencer, but she was saying that when she ran paid ads, it actually negatively impacted her organic reach, which I thought was interesting. Does that make sense? It's it's tough to stuff to say. I've I've tried to I've tried to figure that out myself a little bit. Try to chat with people and see if they can understand the black box that is TikTok. From what I can see, and and have seen, it it could just be that the newer stuff just isn't landing. Uh, I haven't really seen any connection where um, the content that you run in ads affects the new content that you run on organic. That's if they're separate content. TikTok doesn't want you to be reposting the same thing over and over and just, they want fresh stuff. And that is the same if you post something to organic and you rip that exact same video, post it as an ad independent of that first one and be like, oh, this is a net new ad creative and TikTok just goes, mm -mm, nope, that's the same. On organic, it, it I have heard that, that it can uh, negatively impact the delivery. So one of the things that I find on TikTok is just the hit rate of people responding to messages. It's it, it the, you know trying to track people down through their Instagram handles, through their websites. Uh, the hit rate of actually getting responses through this whole network has been rough for me, just in people that I'm trying to connect with. Um, what brands out there have it on Easy Street? Like, what are the brands that these creators really want to work with the most? I think the brands and the products that creators are like actively looking to work with is they're the products that these creators think they're going to have the most engagement with. Um, they're the products that are going to be super eye-catching, that people are going to have an easy impulse purchase with, and just like products or brands that they can like tell a story with and make engaging content. Especially like influencers. If you're working with influencers, they want it to be eye-catching impulse purchase uh, so they can make that commission off it. I think those are probably like the most two important things. Also, like it's going to be hard to be creating these quick, punchy clips if you have to really explain what the product does. So anything that can sort of be like easily conceptualized by looking at the product and doing like a quick product demo, that's probably going to get a much better uh, response rate than products that are maybe like a bit more confusing or technical. Uh, you're seeing that as well, Spencer? Yep, definitely. 
So one of the things that I'm interested in is just figuring out, because like, I feel there's so many efforts in this space to build networks of creators, right? Whether it's all the different uh, agencies out there that specialize in the different platforms. I've seen ones that are on the blockchain and, and, and all these types of things. Like one of the things I'm interested in is I want to start having more like conversations with creators and I want to understand like what do creators really want? I, I think, Angela, is my question for you. Like what did they... Are, are you know are they so, you know so focused on what they're creating that the ad stuff is kind of a bit more of an afterthought but like what can happen in the space to like really get creators excited about about things I think like they're excited about whatever content they think is going to get them the most engagement like anyone has the potential of joining TikTok and becoming like a huge TikTok success in a short amount of time so like the barrier to entry is very low. They don't have to be necessarily an influencer. They don't have to be an expert in their field or like super accomplished in a certain area. I think anyone has the potential to be like just a very creative person that comes in there and like blows up. So in terms of like what brands do like TikTok creators want to work with, anything that can like help them get there, anything that's going to like inspire their content basically. Yeah, and I guess especially anything that'll also lend its own fame, right? Like if you're Coca-Cola or something, you know, you, as an influencer, you don't want to work with them, obviously, because they're a thousand times bigger than you. Um, what are you doing as the UG, as the head of UGC to, like, stay in accounts, like, to stay ahead of these trends, to stay on style with the, with the UGC that you coordinate, that you bring in? We're just constantly, like, looking at TikTok. Like, I think it would be embarrassing to, like, check our screen time or, like, time on app. Uh, with the people in my team, but like people in my team are content creators themselves. Like we're just, you just got to keep, keep up. Basically things are moving so quickly. And what's neat about TikTok too, is it's like, it is the progenitor platform. It's the platform where the content is made, where it's first distributed. And then, you know, uh, Reels has this sort of second runner category a little bit where it's like you create the content for TikTok and then you also can repurpose on Reels just to kind of increase your distribution. But people usually make it with TikTok first in mind. Is that, that That's pretty correct. And usually in the builder quite often. Yeah, that's one of the most interesting things. And that's what we have sort of been working with our brands on making sure that we can use that content for the double purpose. Uh, brands are just going to get like the most bang for their buck that way. Um, so we always try to plan it so that it's going to be used in both places like that. I wanted to just ask it as a final one, like what, are you meeting any resistance from brands? Like when you're, you know, talking to them about, about testing TikTok, are you meeting brands that are still sort of saying, Oh, I don't think it's for us. No one really buys on TikTok. Are you seeing those kind of uh, objections come up? Yeah, people are just skeptical, um, very fairly so. There's success stories and, there, and there's failures. Um, a lot of the time, there's brands that uh, come to us and, and they say, hey, we've given it a go ourselves. We try to do it in-house. We didn't see any results, but we see that Podhouse is having success. How are you guys doing it? And like, is that something that's replicable? And it, it just comes down to uh, experience on the platform, understanding it. It's a, It's definitely trickier to just jump on and plug and play. So we definitely have questions there and we try and set them up as, as best we can for success. And a lot of that just comes with like reassurance to, to the brand and then setting up proper sources of content. And that's uh, if, the, if the brand has it themselves, then that's fantastic. Uh, and if not, we start uh, speak with Angela and see if we can do a partnership with uh, uh, TikTok and UGC. The only resistance we get on working with brands on the like content and creator side is I think brands 
are always curious about working on TikTok, but they're super used to working on planning their content long in advance, having it go through multiple layers of brand approval, you know, having it meet these branded guidelines. And I think that we're trying to convince brands to just be a bit more agile, have a bit more faith in the creators, and just be like basically a bit more like playful with this content than they're used to being. Um, that's really the only resistance, but I think that brands are sort of realizing they're going to have to be a bit more, they're going to have to loosen the reins on brand a little bit. Can we get a little geeky here at the end, Spencer? I just wanted to ask, uh, one of my friends is Maxwell Finn. He's um, become sort of a TikTok ads influencer, um, and he's sort of putting out different ideas about campaign structure. I was just sort of wondering, like, what do we have a tried and true campaign structure? Do we, you know, and, and how much does it differ from the campaign structure that we run uh, for Facebook ads, for instance? We definitely have, have a go-to structure, and uh, the targeting has been a lever that, that we pull. The media buyers are always trying to uh, to squeeze the most out of the content that we do have. Broad testing is definitely shown to be the most consistent for us. Uh, unlike Facebook, and it's really something that, that we're trying to continue to test. Un unlike Facebook, we've found that the little subcategories of audiences, say like, you know, apparel and, and jewelry, that one might be a little bit broad and that one might be a bit more consistent but once we dive down to like some of the some of the smaller ones we could have some some campaigns that just like blow up and they show like so much success and on facebook we might be like well we have a winner audience that hits our right demographic on tiktok it, it hasn't been as consistent for us we've tried to plug that into multiple different campaigns and it's almost like users are, are shifting around the, these audiences so much that it's just inconsistent in that, in that front. So we like to go CBO, we like to go a little bit broader, still test pretty broad, even just within the, the targeting and breaking out some like mid-size audiences within it. And then once we find success on, on that, then we can start going outwards, be going way broader, do another campaign and uh, go way more narrow. Uh, but it's all starting with that tried and true basic in, in the middle and that's what's been the most consistent for us. And how many pieces of creative are we testing when we're when we're launching these campaigns? I've spoken with people that say it's quite a range. Some go, you know, no more than three. Others say let's go up to like fifteen per ad group. And I think it depends on the budget. Uh, if you could test fifteen within uh, an ad group and have five, ten different uh, different ad groups to test. You better have a $10,000 a day budget to, to get that tested to then find those winners. I'd say that you could probably really, really go comfortably between three and six uh, creative and try to get as much contrast within those creative opposed to doing slight changes that them in hitting like 15 styles. Because like we've talked about, the, uh, the creative fatigue is so heavy that getting, you know, 10 new, like totally new ideas, new creators... Uh, ideas a week. It's very laborsome if you only find one winner of that or maybe not find a winner at all. What are the leading indicators that we use to, are, do we just go right, is it just like Facebook where you go right to purchase and you're focused only on purchases or are we focused on a series of leading indicators before purchases in order to get an idea of which ads are working? Purchases are great. Love to see them come in. And uh, we've kind of just from running so much traffic, like have an idea that, okay, on platform, which would be, you know, virtually single session, 
that the attribution model will be. If we're seeing, you know, maybe a bad ROAS there, we know because of how much traffic we've run and because we uh, have so much data on Google Analytics and with our uh, third-party uh, data partners, that we're gonna see lift outside of that single session. So as long as we are pushing the add to carts, we're seeing our, our great industry checkouts all the way down the list. Those are the th indicators that we mainly look at. And then we know that we can extrapolate it out for what we could uh, assume or what we are seeing the uh, growth be outside of that single session on platform uh, revenue and, and purchases come through. If people want to work with the TikTok team, they want to work with the UGC team, you know where to go, pilothouse.co, fill out a form uh, and jump on board and we'll, uh, we'll help scale you on TikTok and UGC. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks, Eric. Talk soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.